Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, and wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Bert Vescalani. He is the president and CEO of the St. Louis Science Center. He is leading the center to a brighter future, upholding the center's mission to ignite and sustain lifelong science and technology learning. Welcome, Bert. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks Thank for having me. Thank you so me. much for being here. So how long have you been with the Science Center? Well, December will be six years. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. What's the most exciting thing that's happened there in six years? Well, we built some new exhibits. We've done some new uh, um, renovations and changes to the, the Science Center. So those are always fun. We Last right. year, we opened our GROW exhibit. It's our largest exhibit expansion in our history. Uh, it was a indoor-outdoor story about food and where your food comes uh, from. Ah, yes, gotcha. And because this region's so rich, you know, in, in, in the parts of the food process, from right. processing to picking to growing to, you know, all the, the pieces and parts of the, the whole cycle, uh, it, it seemed like an obvious story for us. So it's been great. And we have a big combine in there. We've got, you know, water play space, a seed library. There's all kinds of wacky stuff a in there. A seed library. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's really cool. So um, we had on one of our past speakers was Dr. Jim Carrington. Yeah, he's awesome, right? Yeah. And so, and his whole thing around food. Food is such a huge subject. I mean, it always has been, but now the big subject is can we feed everybody that's showing up here on Earth? Right. I mean, there's there's that part which is clear, right? And right. we're producing more food than we ever have, right? And, and at a faster pace with more challenges than ever. Um, there's a whole food safety piece of this as well. Got yeah. Um, you know, if you think about a crisis taking place and wiping out a chunk of the Midwest uh, for one reason or another, uh, you know, whatever it might be, it would be bad. Not <laughs> not just for us here in the Midwest, but it would be bad for a lot of um, people that depend on the produce the production that we have. Right. You know, Lower State Missouri down the Boot Hill. There's a high level of rice production. I think we're the fourth largest producer really? of rice. Yeah. Okay, I had no idea. I know it. I I didn't How either until we built this exhibit. Um, you know, the corn growers and the soybean, we we kind of expect those and we see right. those as we drive through. Right. Um, we grow cotton uh, south. We There's all these products that come out of Missouri and Illinois and the region um, that are pretty amazing. So it's a great... It was a great place for us to tell that story and to talk about how people are connected to their food. Um, Jim's work out at Danforth Plant Science Center and right. what they're doing gives us kind of the science that we can feed our public with and and show them a little bit about there's some really cool things happening and science is super important to our survival. Yeah, well, yes, of course. And so with the food thing, um, does the exhibit talk anything about hydroponics? Because I, I just we had do. on another guest that was, yeah. she's starting a whole hybrid hydroponics thing. And, and it sounds like that's a very efficient way yeah. to grow food. It, I think it's getting better and better. So hydroponics and aquaponics and the combinations of, of different, I don't think any one is perfect. Um, all right. of them in combination can create a really unique opportunity. And it depends where you are. If you're in an urban setting or a more rural setting, 
what part of the country do you live in? You know, what access do you have to water? What what access do you have to uh, other resources that might be available? How much sun do you get a year? All of those are yeah, factors right. in, in thinking about the combinations of what you would use and where you would use it. In the Midwest, we have great soil. We have relatively available water. Mm-hmm. We have lots of water. We do. Um, well, I mean, we really need to be thankful for that. We do, because there's lots of other places that aren't so great with Sometimes water. Sometimes we get too <clears throat> much water. <laughs> Almost like we do. Don't you wish you could say hello, Mother Nature? Yeah. Can we spread this out a bit? Yeah, give it to someone else for just a little while. <laughs> just we a need while. it back. We want it back. Right. We need it for things. Yeah, but. it's um, it's one of those things that uh, makes Midwest great. Uh, you know, it makes us uh, provides us an opportunity to do things where other places of the world cannot. And, right. Uh, and so we've got to take advantage of that and and do it responsibly, of course, and and think about what that that entails. But. You know, at the Science Center, we're trying to tell those stories. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to find maybe the things that aren't so cool that could be really cool, but people just don't know enough about them. Well, yeah. I mean, just th- that whole subject of rice. I mean, I literally had no idea. It's, it's yeah. practically in our backyard, and we don't even know Absolutely. this. Absolutely. And you got to learn about it somewhere. So thank yeah. you, Science Center, for yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. We love to have and you came from Shedd Aquarium, correctly? Yeah, correct? I, ran, I actually ran a zoo before I came here oh, okay. in Grand Rapids, Michigan. All right. Uh, called John Ball Zoo. John uh, Ball John Ball zoo. Park and John Ball Zoo. And then I was at Shedd Aquarium before that uh, for about 14 years. So that's oh, really God, where yeah. I got into the, you know, kind of nonprofit, uh, informal learning education right. experience, museum world, if you will. And so from, so tell me about the zoo. I mean, Tell me, it was great. The zoos are so awesome, yeah. right? I mean, and you know our zoo. Yeah, well, it's obviously, we've got an awesome yeah. zoo. So tell me about, like, was there a, an animal that you felt like you connected with there? Or? You know, everyone would ask that question. Really? When I was both Dang at the, it. Here when I, I am was thinking at, I'm all, know. you know, unique and such. Well, you're not going to be so happy with my answer. I, I think, okay, um, let's not talk about it. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. I think there's, uh, both at the aquarium and at the zoo, there's animals that I thought were really cool mm-hmm. and had... Um, some great education impact opportunities. Okay. And those are the ones I had some kind of affinity towards, if right. you will. I loved our sea otters at the shed. Oh my gosh. I love, I, I love otters. There was great stories there. There was great stories about conservation. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they do and their role in the environment was really important. Uh, they eat abalone and the abalone eats the... Uh, the fronds of the kelp, and when the kelp breaks off, erosion can take place. I mean, there's really good Got stories yeah. there, right? Got they yeah. raft. They hold arms and raft as a no, group. No, they're so they cute. They eat 25-ish percent of their body weight every day. Oh, and my gosh. I think about that for a minute. <laughs> uh, that's a lot of food. And they're just cool they're cool critters, right? Well, they're and they're way cute. My daughter they, won at one. We were we were in Seattle yeah, at their they're science They're cute center. from afar. Well, and that's what I told her. I said, I don't think they're they're pets. No. You can't, I don't think this is something, especially, can you imagine how much food you'd have to buy? Them? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, so that, that was one of my, I love the blue whales. I love some of the other animals, but, and some of the more uh, unique animals like cuttlefish and things that were like, yeah. people didn't really quite, we had a seahorse exhibit that was amazing. Uh, we, I think I saw that. Oh, and that was amazing. Seahorse Symphony was the name of it. It was fantastic exhibit. You know, the sharks are the sexy ones and the right. dolphins are the sexy ones. <laughs> but there's all these other critters that live in the ocean that are pretty special. But and and cuttlefish are amazing. I mean, they they're like they're like amazing. octopus, right? Because they can just change yeah, all their it, colors. Now, I've I've actually 
um, been snorkeling yeah. with cuttlefish. Really? And, yeah. the, and the first time I saw one, it looked like a weird little alien guy. I'm like, what yeah. are you? And then, because he was making all these weird you know, colors right. and everything. And then when I got around to another perspective, I'm like, oh, it's a cuttlefish. I get it. Now I didn't know what the heck it was at first. Yeah, and we know, you know, we still don't know very much about our ocean. We were learning right. so much about it. We, we've only been to the bottom of the ocean in some spots at a very, I mean, we know more about the surface of the moon than we know about the bottom of exactly. the ocean. So that was exciting for me. And there's great conservation stories and really important things to remember about our oceans and how much we depend on them. Right. So then you pivot to the zoo. <laughs> and the zoo, uh, I, you know, I got to tell you, there was one critter after another that you would get connected to. Um, we had, when we brought our lemurs in, um, the lemurs were, they're just the coolest little guys. <laughs> really? I mean, I got to tell you. And uh, they were really fun. You know, the tigers and lions. We built a lion exhibit while I was there and and redid some other exhibits uh, that made some changes uh, for the, you know, for the visitors and, and for the animals to make it better habitats. Right. We've learned a lot about animals and what they need. Um, and there's still more to learn. And trying to build the best habitats both for the animals and for the people who are Which visiting. Which has to be so challenging because don't it you, is. again, let's talk about <clears throat> food. Don't you have to figure out what food to grow for them or where to get the food? I mean, yeah. it's not like the lion food is available in yeah. In, Michigan. It's not right? at Schnucks. You don't <laughs> right. go to you Schnucks. You can't just to find go. Yeah. Where's the lion food section? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and it's got to be a particular diet. They want to do the right things. We've learned more about animal nutrition with animals uh, in zoos and zoological settings, exotic animals, if you right. will. And so over time, you as you learn those things, you can can do some, some you know, kind of pretty interesting changes in diets and things like that. Um, the reproductive biology uh, that's happening in zoos to create opportunities for conservation to take place um, right. is, is fantastic. We learn more and more about those animals. A lot of the the treatments and and opportunities in the wild start really in zoos to to get um, oh, cool. a better understanding, and then you you can take those out into the field if you will. So. But habitats, you know, it's there's more people and less habitat, and um, there's challenges there, right? There's yeah. conservation challenges there. So um, I think uh, zoos play an important part uh, of that discussion. And there, there's not everyone loves zoos, and not everyone loves aquariums. Right. Um, but I think everyone agrees that uh, the animals are pretty special. And, right. and how do you uh, do the best thing for the animals and then get people to get excited about that and make a difference in their choices, what they do in their life and so exactly. on. Exactly, and the educational component so that right. we know this animal exists and what the animal needs. So then I came to the Science Center. <laughs> and I started my career in a classroom. So I was a high school science teacher. I saw that. So it's full circle for me. Yeah. And um, the Science Center, I get to dabble and play in all of it. Um, because without the Science Center, without scientists, without people discovering and learning and challenging, you know, uh, theories and ideas, we wouldn't have zoos or aquariums. Right. Exactly. <laughs> we really wouldn't. Exactly. And so there, there are places to ignite that passion and to get people to want to learn more, to think a little bit different, um, to do it without uh, grades and and classrooms. Pure learning. And, Just Pure yeah, curiosity fun. and learning. Fun I and educational. It. Put them together and you got the Science and, Center. And you got the Science Center. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with Bert.
And we are back with Bert Vescalani, and we've been talking about all the amazing things that you have been doing over the years. So let's go back to science teacher. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Were you the coolest science teacher? <laughs> I, mean, well, I mean, I'm imagining. You'd have to ask my students. <laughs> I thought I was a lot of fun. Um, now, that all might be in my head. I, I think what happens... <laughs> When you first start teaching, and, and I, every teacher's a little bit different, but you're unconsciously incompetent. I mean, you just don't know what you don't know. Right. You, you don't know how to manage a classroom. You, you know their content usually. You have a right. pretty good understanding of that. But you don't know how to layer it and, and build upon experiences and so on. And then you get consciously incompetent, <laughs> and you start to go, I got to figure this out. <laughs> and then you figure it out. Right. And so for some, that's a longer journey and some it's a shorter journey. Uh, for me, I, I had a, a great opportunity to tinker and play and try new things. I was in a school that um, whether they knew or not, I don't know, um, <laughs> but I was trying and experimenting uh, both with the students and with the content that we were uh, playing with. what age were you? High school. I had okay. freshmen through juniors. I had some seniors, but really I was I was the younger part of the high school okay. uh, experience. And I taught a little bit of everything. Um, I taught some stuff that I really didn't know much about. And, and I literally went back to school and tried to catch up, <clears throat> you know, oh, to try to teach you. it. Yeah. And I got, I, I would say that, it's not my advice for most teachers, <laughs> but it was awesome because I, instead of just learning it, I was learning it to teach it. Right. And I was thinking about it while, you know, so I'm, I'm learning um, physical geography, which I had no experience in, in, in college about. I was a biology guy, right? Right. And so physical geography. So as I'm learning physical geography... I'm thinking, how am I going to teach this? This seems boring. This seems cool. This seems, you know, and you're, and so I was constantly um, sorting it in my head, which was a different way to learn for right. me, right? Yeah, and, right. And a kind of a unique way to do it. So that was fun. I love teaching. I never would have left. Um, well, that's what I was going to ask you, I mean, because how does one, I mean, is that a normal path that, to no. go from being a teacher to, I am now the director and CEO of this, you no, know? No, I, I, uh, I've traditionally not taken that a normal path. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was trying to get that together in my head. I'm like, I mean, how yeah. many teachers right now are going, hey, I All could right. do that, you we, know? You know, we do hire a lot of teachers in our, in our world, and, and um, museum educators, uh, zoo and aquarium educators. Right. They're kind of the fabric of what we're all about because our mission's about education. Right. And so often you'll see that transition take place. But for me, it started as a volunteer. I started volunteering at the aquarium right before and right when they were opening the Oceanarium. Oh, Which gosh. was their big expansion. Yes, exactly. So I was pretty lucky. Um, I started there as a volunteer at the right time. Right. They were growing. They were building. Um, there was a lot of excitement about the aquarium at the time. You know, there still is a lot of excitement about the aquarium. It's a phenomenal place. Well, it's place. An amazing. The yeah. Oceanarium is amazing. Yeah. And then it looks all over the lake, and it's just, Gorgeous. it's incredible. Yeah. It's, and the beluga whales. Oh, my gosh, those are so they're freaking cute. cute. <laughs> I mean, I they're know, these Big, huge, fat melons and that so, head that moves around. Did you see the door, the latest Dory movie? I, I'm sorry, I did okay, not. My kids to, are older. But, I know. So are mine, and I'm still, watching, still watching Pixar movies. Right. But but it was, um, the beluga in it is hilarious. I mean, yeah. it's just hilarious and so you just you should watch it just well for that. They, they have a uh i've seen them in the wild um in churchill canada oh and, really uh, 
um, they're everywhere in the water, in the rivers and so on and so forth. They come into the rivers and, and the little calves and the, you know, the full grown, it, it's just, they're, they're amazing animals. Uh, their vocalizations are incredible. Uh, that because of that big old fat melon on their head, you know, it, it'll vibrate and do things different. You'll see wow. it kind of contort. Really? They, they don't have fused vertebrae in their neck. So that's why they can kind of tilt their head where dolphins can't. They look like they got a neck right, brace right, on. Right, 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 yeah. Um, so it makes them even look like they're cuter. Oh, you know, because they a, can kind of cock their they head a little bit and do the cute thing. All yeah, the time. exactly. Uh, yeah, they're they're pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, are there any other animals you've seen in the wild that you were like, "That's cool"? Yeah, I think there's some animals that I've I've had respect for. Um, I was in Peru uh, on the Amazon River, Ooh. and uh, we got a chance to see the uh, what they call the pink dolphins, and. That um, is a species that's that's thin. Um, okay. There's not a lot of them around, and and they're uh, they're just they're you know in, in this really kind of chocolate covered river. You know, right? All of a sudden, this dolphin appears, and you just a don't expect it, even though you know they could be there, but. Uh, in the ocean, you can kind of expect it and you see them, but in right. rivers, you just, it's just, I guess for me, it just wasn't yeah, a part no, of what I, I would I expect. Agree. And um, so those are really special. Um, some of the, the, the things that scare people are some of the things that are probably um, more important to our culture and society and and to ecology, um, like snakes and spiders and things that, you know, a lot of people freak right, out about. Right, right, Um So, you know, there's some, there's some amazing, animals are amazing. Um, and, and we know more about what animals do now um, through science. And the more investigation that we can make kind of into the intricacies of these animals and understand them better, the better we'll um, be able to protect them and save them and support them. Uh, but at the same time, you know, there's a lot to be learned. Right. Uh, you, you think about this, it wasn't that long ago and you, everything was from a macroscopic perspective. And then we started getting more and more microscopic. So we discovered a whole world in, in the grain of Irana on a, um, a leaf or a, in a small part of the environment that we never knew about. Exactly. Right? The, the fact that ants are laying pheromones so other air, ants can follow are just kind of amazing. Oh, cool. No, and, I didn't know. You know That's awesome. They, they just go on and on and on. There's And, and there, most of which I'm just a neophyte on. I don't, I don't understand like some of these biologists right. who study these things and, and go through them. So science is an amazing thing. It's being questioned all the time. That's part of science. Right. Uh, it, you're supposed to... You're supposed to question things and and try to prove them wrong, to be honest with you. And that, that's that's what we do. Okay. And so teaching kids how to investigate and and trial, you know, and error and do it in a safe place like the science center where judgment doesn't exist and, you know, it's just play and have fun and discover and try to solve a problem or think about a solution in a different way. Um how do you build this big arch? I don't know. Give it a shot. Yeah, See what right, you can do. Right. If you turn the block this way, does it work? If you move it this way, does it work? What's up in the sky? You know, uh, we, we talk about what was in the bottom of the ocean, but think about planets that we're discovering and galaxies that we're discovering every day. Exactly. Um, it just, space is 
another whole. And you know, when I, so I when I was at the science center, and I was at the planetarium, and I was yeah. watching one of the shows, and it was all about the stars and what have you. And um, they show that map of the United States and the light pollution. Yeah. So if you go south of St. Louis. There's a really dark black area. That's where I live. So oh. I have, I get to see. You, you're lucky. I have awesome sky yeah. where I'm at. Well, Mark Twain uh, National Forest has got some really great spots as well, and um, but it's all treed in, so you can't right. necessarily see, you know, in those spots. I so. live at a lake, so we got like a great big. You know, I can just like yeah. big expanse. We'll you have know? to come down. Yeah. We'll invite all the guests down. Yeah, everyone oh, that's listening. Everyone on Earth is coming out for Hillsboro <laughs> for, for the eclipse because we're yeah. like right in the center You're of in a perfect it. Perfect spot. And I was gonna do a you know eclipse invitation. Party? Well, no, we're doing a party. I was gonna do an invitation, and I decided I didn't have to because everyone's just inviting themselves. So I've just people like calling, going, "Can I come?" I'm like, "Sure, come on out." Absolutely. You know, so anybody out there, if you want to come to Hillsboro, hang <laughs> Here's out Here's my us. address. We'll you have might hot want to dogs. keep that a little bit quiet. <laughs> Shh. I won't let this out before the 21st. If they don't want to, if they don't want to go to, all the way to Hillsboro and they live in the area, they can come to the Science Center. There you go. We don't get the full, you know, the full But experience. it's still going to be awesome. It'll be incredible. Yeah. It'll still be awesome. Well, thank you, Bert. We're going to take another quick break and we'll be right back. Okay, we are back with Bert Vescalani, Vescalani, and we have some questions for you. Um, my first question is, so let's say you brought back the laser light show, because it's not yeah. there, is it? Right? No, not right we, did, now? we did bring it back uh, for the 50th anniversary. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's say we're going to bring it back tomorrow. Yeah. What music, what music would you choose? Well, I'm kind of a Led Zeppelin guy. Wow, so we would go with the Led with Zeppelin. And maybe it's an age-related thing. Um, <laughs> but Pink Floyd is what you have to show True. at a laser show. I True. mean, it's just like it's the well, main Well, that was the staple. traditional, right? Yeah. 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 So, and if they legalize marijuana, we're really good, right? <laughs> it would. <laughs> I, I, I can't condone that behavior in the planetarium, but um, I've been told way back way when. Way back when. Yeah, that was that, that was there the was a reputation. cloud of smoke coming in uh, to the events. I've just been told. I don't know if that's true We or don't not. know if it's true. It's just hearsay. Hearsay. <laughs> okay, so... You've been to, I'm going to guess, several museums and exhibits over your lifetime. Was yeah. there was there ever one that kind of got away, like that you really wanted to have at your place and you just couldn't, or it mm. didn't work out, or what have you? That's a great question. I I can't I can't think of any um, that. I mean, we're we've got the grand prize next year, um, so. Can you uh, tell us what it is? I can. Oh. Um, I can because it's public now. Uh, okay, good. It was for a long time. We had to keep it secret. But we are bringing in the Columbia Space Module, the Apollo 11. Really? Um, it's the first time that it's been out of Smithsonian since um, it toured when it first landed. So oh, it's been almost awesome. 50 years. And it'll be in um, Houston, St. Louis, Pittsburgh, and Seattle. And then it goes back. Oh wow! So we're the only Midwest location for that. Um, that that is the big grand prize for me. That's awesome. And the reason it is is because it's this 
thing in, in everyone's memory um, and at certain age really ingrained in their memory right. um, about this accomplishment that we did in the United States, this amazing feat that took so many people with so many discrete jobs without error to make it work. Yeah. And, you know, we think about, you know, just doing anything these days and all the opportunities there are to screw it up, right? <laughs> right, right, yeah. And they did it. And they brought people back to earth alive. And that that's incredible. It's an incredible story. And St. Louis played a huge part in it because the Mercury and Gemini capsules that led to the later Apollo missions started here, were built here by McDonnell Douglas. Ah, uh, yeah, right. And so astronauts were trained here. People developed all the tools here that were later used. There I didn't was, know the astronauts were trained oh, here. Absolutely. There was a big group of astronauts that went through their initial training here in St. Louis. Now, later, it was kind of hijacked by another city and place, and you know, NASA <laughs> did some things, but... You know, it, it really did start here. Um, and some of the most creative problem-solving and solution-oriented opportunities that were developed were developed right here in St. Louis. St. Cool. Louis has got a great deal of pride, or should have, in, in their role in the in the space program. And when, when will that be here? That will be in their summer of 18. Cool. Yeah. Oh, yay. I'm totally coming to that. It, it'll, it'll be awesome. It'll, it'll be awesome. And then we're adding some other ex exhibit experiences around it. Um, and yeah, it'll, it'll be cool. I, I've seen the module when we did the uh, press release and went out and, and looked at it. It's big. It's as big as the room that we're sitting in. Um, and uh, it's cool. Oh, but awesome. But you, you think about jamming people in this well, thing. Well, yeah, you see them and you're like... You have to really like each other. Oh boy! You have to be or, or be very tolerant of the person that drives you crazy or sitting next to for however long. I mean, a it looks, long time, right? You cannot and, be claustrophobic and stressful, right? I mean, these right. are the, the no one really knew if it could really work. Yeah, I mean, they all were speculating. They did the you know calculations and all the, but they weren't positive about that right. it hadn't been done before can you imagine it, i just can't incredible. even imagine it's absolutely you would incredible. have to totally prepare mentally and emotionally and i just can't even imagine it and and the idea that you know this phone that we're using to podcast right and, right and show this live had more computing power than they had at nasa at the time right. to right. get the i mean it's pretty it's, it is kind of yeah right it's pretty freaky and and so i believe that is one of many stories of why I believe that science and and creative people and smart people and and I think you have to have both creative uh, from an art space right. as well as the STEM you know science technology engineering math together can uh, can can solve any problem. I mean, I, I I really believe that. Now it may take longer than than we have, right? Um, or it may be in the wrong direction at first, but eventually. <laughs> Um, I, I believe in uh, human ingenuity and, and the ability to to solve the problems, all of them that that we're faced with right now. Yay, us! I love it. Optimism. It is. I'm, I'm on the optimistic side of things. So I'm like, well, we will figure it out. And we mm -hmm. look kind of wonky right now, but we'll yeah. figure it out. Absolutely. So you spent a long time in Chicago. Yep. Now you're in St. Louis. Yep. Chicago versus St. Louis pizza. Oh. <laughs> Well, ooh, I, yeah, I, go ahead and uh, just answer it. <laughs> you can, you can, you can say if you don't dig the 
the pro provel provolone cheese. Yeah, skinny, I'm not really tiny. sure what provel is. Still, I know yeah, a people lot of tell people me, say that. A lot of people that are not and, from St. Louis, like, Louis, what the heck is with the cheese? Beat me up over this. So I, I'll be very, <laughs> I'll, I'll be very kind. I it's new for me. It's an acquired taste, right? And and, and I haven't acquired it yet. Um, the I, I don't um, I don't like deep dish over a thinner crust. Okay. Um, I do like it, right? And, and I'll eat it, but um, I really, I'm kind of a thinner crust guy. Um, and so we were good there. We're good there. We're good there. Um, there's there's good pizza in St. Louis. There there is. I've uh, experimented around a little bit. Right. And had some good pizza. My mouth is watering now as we get closer to lunchtime. <laughs> and it's almost lunchtime. So. <laughs> um, so there's some good stuff. I Chicago has its place in pizza world and right. St. Louis has its place. How diplomatic was that? That, that was perfect. <laughs> that was, but if I were to go to Chicago, I mean, yeah. where is the place to get deep dish pizza now? Is it still Gino's East? I, I mean, there's some other, there's some newcomers, right? Yeah, there probably right? is. I, I've been gone for a while. Okay. Um, we could call my daughter and, and she could right, tell us and give her a call. let us know. But yeah, there's there's great pizza in Chicago. And, you know, I think back when I was living there, um, there were really, you know, a few Giordano's and a few others that were the places that you went and everyone went there. Ah, um, gotcha. And then there was other places that did probably as well, but no one knew about. Right, right. The little uh, hole in the wall place yeah, that Taylor just had Street it together. Taylor Street used to have, you know, that used to be Little Italy in the in the olden days. I guess it still is a little bit, but uh, Taylor Street in Chicago was was the place that you go. It was kind of our version of the hill. Gotcha, Although gotcha. I would say the hill is far cooler than um, than Chicago's Taylor Street was. Really? Yeah. Awesome for us. Yeah, the hill is awesome. <laughs> the hill is really awesome. It's it's a very special place. Have you been to Missouri Baking Company and gotten the cookies? Oh, yeah. those are like my favorites. At my first week in St. Louis, someone brought me a care package Oh, from there. Nice care package. Uh-huh. You're like, hello, I can hang out here. <laughs> yeah, this may not be so bad. Yeah. Well, what else do you want to tell us about the Science Center that's coming up? We, we've we've made a ton of changes. And uh, if if you only see a little bit of the Science Center, you won't recognize them. Um, we, we added a makerspace last two years ago. Right, We yeah. built a Mars experience where we've got the rovers. We redid the early childhood space. We added Grow. Uh, we've got more coming. Um, some exciting new plans for exhibits. Uh, we'll, you'll start to see a, a different Science Center uh, even more aggressively in the next several years, we're um, we're planning to add add a new entrance uh, to the science center, so it faces okay. the side of where you park, oh. so that you can walk right in. Gotcha. Um, when we added the expansion for the uh, special exhibit hall, mm-hmm. um, that allows us to have King Tut and and uh, the Destination Moon is the name of the exhibit next year. Allows oh, us cool. to have those kinds of exhibits and opportunities. And we also do a ton of programming. Teachers are are coming to us more frequently than they have in the past, which is a great sign. And we built a lot of programs and opportunities for educators uh, that will make the experience at the Science Center richer and, and fuller for the students and for them to make it a, a better experience. We have a lot of partnerships. Um, we have a, a youth program that continues to take shape and with done with teens here in, in St. Louis, which is a great program. It's been around for a long time. Um, 
it goes on and on and on. I, I, I'm very proud of our team. We're they're working hard and doing good things. Our guest satisfaction has never been higher. Um, our visitation is incredibly strong. Um, we see almost, a, well, we see a million people a year through our doors. Wow. And that puts us amongst a very small uh, group of science centers. Really? Uh, across the U.S. and the world. Uh, we're usually in the top 15 most attended in the world. Oh, that's awesome. So, Yay, yes. you know, St. Louis's Little Science Center has actually got a very big impact. We put 330,000 people through the planetarium. Really? Yeah. Wow. And so we've got a lot of, we've got some exciting things happening. Um, of course, the eclipse is happening in August. Yep. In September, we're going to uh, be na- making an announcement about something that we're doing around the planetarium that will be pretty exciting. Cool. And when I can talk about that, I will. All right. Uh, and yeah, there's more to come. And you are going to be a TEDx Gateway Art Speaker for our October 27th event. Um, so thank you for that, first of all. But And don't divulge too much yeah. about what you're going to be talking about, but just about the experience so far of working with TEDx. It, it's been great. Uh, you know, I think a lot of us have, uh, when, when TEDx, when TED first started, mm-hmm. we started kind of, those of us who like to learn yes. and, and get, you know, little snippets of information and kind of, uh, small components uh, found uh, that they were pretty compelling, and uh, you could find almost any topic now right. for sure. Oh yeah! And then when the local versions, the regionally based uh, versions of TED started, uh, it was a, a kind of a, a, a new spice um, to TED. I thought, which kind of took the giant stage and the big performance and all of the things with the best in the world and so on and said, hey, look, we've got some people that are doing amazing things in our community. Right. And some people that are odd. What was, how was your introduction that people are weird or odd? <laughs> I, or, I said weird, weird, wacky, and wonderful. <laughs> okay. So the weird and wacky I've got, we'll see on the wonderful, but uh that that that's what makes it great, right? And um, so I think the experience for me has been uh, learning. You know, I've done a lot of public speaking, so I've been out in front of of a public a lot over mm-hmm. the years. Um, but it's it's a skill that you have to constantly hone right. and work on. So my speech coach, my um, process of going through the classes and getting some insights on storytelling and ideas are really powerful in helping you not only think about in this talk, but really in in the work that we do, how do we tell our stories better? How do we engage our public better? How do we um, get people to get as excited as we get about a topic that may seem a little bit boring from from the out, but it's really pretty cool. And uh, so that's been great so far. And and we're only a little way in the journey. There's more to come. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to show up before you know it. But yeah, yeah. it's we're still kind of early in the game, thank goodness, because yeah. <laughs> there's so much I still much have an outline to do. To do. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like you sign up to do this and then we go, wow, did you know it was going to be this much work? And we, yeah. we try to prepare people, but it, it really, it's it's takes dedication and commitment to yeah, get that there's a lot of hours in there, there. And, and it's good and and you know for such a short talk the amount of hours that you I put know. in is incredible because it's like every single word is like you know yeah i know yeah. i'm feeling it i get it yeah it's great though i i've enjoyed it a lot well thank you so much bert thanks for coming in and Absolutely. doing the podcast today really well, appreciate it, it awesome things about the science center yay love learning about yeah. it And for everybody out there, don't forget we're on iTunes. Uh, Please subscribe to Mishmash. And thank you all. Have a wonderful day.